Where we have small conversation with these implications. I'm your host, Nate Pearson. And I'm Ronald Taylor. And we are now on what, the fifth episode? Yes, sir. Episode number Cinco. Feels like we've only been doing this for like a week or two. I know. I, especially recording a couple last week or the week before, I think, yeah. really made it <laughs> seem. Um, I forgot Austin was telling me like, Hey, um, what did y'all talk about in episode four? And it was two weeks ago. And I was like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it just been so long. <laughs> yeah. But now we're back to our regular routine, uh, recording again every week. So we had a good week of summer camp and, uh, I don't think anything else is going to come up where you have to do that again, but it was, uh, Oh yeah. Well, the audience, they didn't have to experience any decline. That's right. Business I think they, as usual. Our YouTube audience had a slight delay on some content getting up there, but that's all. All right. Well, first topic, we got a crazy batch for you today. Fiance rage issues. I, a 21-year-old female, got my fiance, a 21-year-old male, the PS5. He's always been sort of a gamer, but stopped for a while until I got it for him. He really wanted it and was super excited about it. My main concern was that he started raging again. I don't mind when he curses, but it gets to a point where I'm sleeping and he's hitting his head on the wall, slapping himself on the head, shaking the bed with his legs, or doing other things that are abusive towards himself or just flat out waking me up. I try to be patient and tell him to simply change the game. As he has woken me up and I'm getting upset, I try to communicate, but instead he gets an attitude and tells me I'm trying to do something as if I don't understand that. Just now he literally ripped his pants that he's wearing off his body out of rage. (laughs) I'm not petty or anything, but I'm getting to the point where I want to set parental controls or something so he can only play during certain times. Or if he can't respect my sleep or the fact that the rage is literally too much hiding his controller, any advice at all? Would I be wrong? Is there anything else I can try? (laughs) This guy's just going Hulk smash at like 3 (laughs) a.m. ripping his pants off. (laughs) I understand getting angry like over a game for a moment, but like oh my that's that's crazy. That's hardcore, dude. Like, especially yeah. I mean, things can you know games can all obviously just make us upset or irritated, but dude, <laughs> like slapping yourself in the head, like just banging your head against the, the stuff, like ripping your like, pants off, like dude, <laughs> pants are too expensive that. to be doing that. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe tossing your controller, but I've never tossed my controller at a hard surface. If I ever have done it, and it wasn't like I was angry or anything, just frustrated, like yeah. maybe like onto the couch or something. <laughs> like people out here breaking their stuff. Like I had a friend, um, I'm not gonna name him, but he broke his TV one time raging, and I'm like, that's so crazy, dude. Yeah, I mean, like my first concern is like if my dude is gonna rage like that at a video game, like what does y'all relationship look like? You know, like, uh, is he raging in other aspects of life, too? You know, like, how long have y'all been engaged, bro? Like, blink twice if you need help. <laughs> like, this is like, you know, that's a have, lot, there's, dude. There's people who can't handle their alcohol and those who can't. There's Then there's people who can handle their video games and those who can't. Dude, like, that, I mean, really, like, when I, I mean, just hearing that, that was my first concern was, like, dude, I mean, if somebody's going to get that upset and, like, hurt themselves physically, like, legitimately hurt themselves physically, like, not be considerate of other people in the room or themselves, like, what? 
you know, what else are they getting upset at? You know, that would be my first concern, especially she said that he was her fiance. So, I mean, before you get married, like, reevaluate, you know, like, is this just a game concern or like, do they get, you know, super angry at other stuff too? Yeah, that's, that's a legitimate concern because, you know, you're, you're have a life partner there and I don't want you to be in danger in any way or your child to be in danger if you ever have a kid like those are things to think about you know yeah absolutely and i mean on a practical side of things like i just i don't know i'm kind of speechless (laughs) like (laughs) like you literally guys just like beating himself up yeah i don't know dude like that is that is wild i mean just even hearing that and it being real life it's just like pretty messed up um, I would say, man, like have a conversation, you know, set some ground rules, like, all right, we're only going to play the game like during the day or you're not like, obviously it sounds like the game systems in the bedroom, like first consideration there, move it somewhere else to where you're not getting woken up while you're trying to play the game or like while he's trying to play the game, you know, that would be my first bit of encouragement like move it somewhere else set stipulations on it because i mean if you're not setting ground rules now you know what happens when you guys are married and you do have a kid or you know so on and so forth like also as an adult i'm not a big gamer but as an adult i don't have any business being awake at 3 a.m or in the middle of the night because that's true (laughs) i have to get up early so does my mans even have a job like what do his responsibilities look like? You know, I don't know. Like, I would say, yeah, yeah sure. first off, like, have a conversation, move it somewhere else, reevaluate your relationship, <laughs> because my dude sounds unstable. Like, seek help. Yeah. I have a cure-all solution, all right? This is my not practical solution. It's going to take probably four to $500 of investment, but set him up as a streamer, and just let it happen. People <laughs> people will watch people raging. So just let him run his natural course. It solves the job problem. He's making money now. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, my husband had seven concussions by the time that we were married because he's a rager. <laughs> hey, we make three thousand a week though. <laughs> oh my gosh, dude. I don't know. Yeah, no, don't don't take that advice. That was that was a joke. Uh, but I mean, uh, I, or I do like I mean, YOLO. Like, if that's the only thing he's bringing to the table, like if he's the one <laughs> and you have to do this, that's your route. And you have to do this. <laughs> okay, this this is your only way. <laughs> I feel like now we're just like disapproving parents. <laughs> All right, Bethany. Like, if you have to do this, like you might as well make a buck off of it. <laughs> Uh, all right. So this one says, mom won't let me get braces. I'm a 17 year old male when I have awfully crooked and gap teeth, especially in the front. I'm at a point in my life where I can't even smile at people without them judging and making fun of me behind my back for it. I can't just not care and keep smiling like I used to when I was younger. My mom doesn't understand that. Whenever I tell her it's affecting my day-to-day life, she says, don't care about what others thinks and continues to lie to my face and said it's totally normal and fine. 
I will admit that the current budget is tight and we can't afford to get me braces even if we wanted to, but I've been telling her about it for over a year now and the answer is always the same. I will add my I will add that my mom did not get to have a formal education when she was young and thus does not process the, possess the necessary knowledge to even comprehend what braces are for. She thinks it's some sort of surgery that might end up leaving my face messed up for life. I'm just so tired and I don't know what to do anymore. I don't want to go out anymore and my self-esteem is at its lowest. Mm. Yeah, I think on in the regards to them saying that their mom has really no idea, I would say, man, like, go speak to your orthodontist. You know, like, get get clarity on that. Um, you know, have a conversation with the dentist. Hopefully you are regularly going to a dentist. This is for all you people listening. If you haven't been in a distance forever, like, schedule an appointment with a dentist because it's important. <laughs> but, you know, like, you know, have that conversation so your mom can have a little bit more information there. But I think on the other side of things, like, the thing that really resonates with me is that financial strain. Like, braces are expensive. You know, and I think it's really hard for a parent to be like, hey, like, we can't get you this thing that would probably benefit you because we genuinely just can't afford it, you know? And it's like, if your mom has the same job that she had a year ago, like, what do you think has changed? You know, probably not much financially. Like, I don't think, it doesn't seem to me like your mom doesn't care. It really seems that it's just, like, not really financially in the cards right now. You know, what do you think? Yeah, I... I think it's financial. Um, I almost wonder, like, if this uh, is outside of the U.S. culture, because if she is genuinely confused and she's not just saying stuff to get them off the back about finances, like, I mean, I don't know, like, if maybe she's they're from a place where braces aren't as common, because mm-hmm. like the U.S. braces are everywhere, yeah. like. I would say one out of three kids have braces. Like, I don't think that's an accurate statement, but you know, it's not, uh, maybe one out of five or eight. Yeah. Don't <laughs> add us dental had, society. <laughs> I mean, I had braces. Um, I didn't wear my retainers like I was supposed to. We're not going to talk about that, but like just hearing my dad, like two years later after my braces were gone or something like that saying, Oh, I'm about to make the last payment on your braces. Like that hits hard. Yeah. <laughs> like, no doubt. Like just for something that's a physical appearance. Well, teeth do tie to heart health so having crooked teeth is more likely to have a heart attack or something like that so i mean it's important Yikes. but it you know that doesn't guarantee you're gonna have a heart attack yeah and i think you know there's there's definitely a difference when it comes to like teeth health to where it's like you have an obscene amount of cavities or they're rotting out and things like that versus gaps in your teeth or having crooked teeth um but even in that, like, this person said they're 17 years old. Man, if this is super important to you, get a job. Like, yeah. raise some money to where you're able to, like, obviously maybe not pay for your braces all at once, but at least, you know, say, hey, mom, like, I want to help out here. Can I get this job and then use the job to make payments, you know, to get this, to have this be something for me, you know? I'm sure, yeah. And it's like, but that that's not what a lot of people want to hear. You know, a lot of people don't want to hear that. They just want to hear mom make a way, regardless of how much sacrifice it takes on their part, so just so they can have a nice smile, you know? And it's like, man, I think in perspective, like, you know, take that chance, get a job, like, you know, have it be something that you get to work for, 
and then maybe like you know <laughs> no jab to you but maybe once you get your braces off you'll wear those retainers you know like you'll actually be disciplined to be on top of it and i'm not saying that just for you because i mean my wife is in the same boat she didn't wear her retainers i don't think a lot of kids do because they're annoying you know i can i i can guarantee they're annoying i don't have experience in that i didn't have braces but i uh i know plenty of people who did you know that just didn't want to wear their retainers because either they were painful or was just a hassle or so on and so forth you know yeah well, fortunately, my teeth didn't shift like all the way back to like they were terrible. I used to have awful teeth. Sure, probably on par with this dude if he described them <laughs> like that. But, um, yeah, my retainers like flattened out at like the back. So I, I don't know if I was grinding my teeth or something, mm-hmm. but it got made them to where they were almost unwearable. Yeah. And after the first time replacing them, I was like, no, nah, I'm not worrying about this no more. It's not worth it. And you didn't want to talk like this all the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was only at night, but it's just like they they hurt too. Yeah. So you're kind of like my teeth, they're holding them from moving. So yeah, yeah. So I think just to close with that, man, I would you know I would say, you know, don't be too hard on your mom. Like moms, uh, they take a lot. They take a brunt of a lot. I don't, and I don't know if it's she's a single mom. I mean, just the way that they're communicating, it kind of seems like it's just mom in the picture. Um, and if that is the case, like dude, cut them some slack. Realize that. We can't get everything that we want, especially with, like, the healthcare system nowadays. Like, you know, braces are usually deemed cosmetic, and so they don't they don't get covered by insurance. And so, you know, if it's that big of a deal and you're 17, you know, you're really close to being an adult, you know, take that initiative, try to get a side hustle or, you know, get a job or something like that to try to, you know, work toward getting those done. Yeah, definitely. Hey. If you want to see the the biggest teeth bounce back of all time, look up NBA superstar Anthony Davis, <laughs> and you'll know. Like anything is possible. He was in his late, he was in his like probably nineteen twenty when he got him. So you got some time, my guy. <laughs> oh my gosh! Start right. having those Inspector Gadget teeth, man. Oh yeah. Oh man. <laughs> all right. So this one says exposing a massive family secret. How would you feel if you found out that everyone in your family kept a huge secret from you your entire life? I have three cousins who are now in the late 20s or or early 30s who believe my uncle is their father. Everyone in my family except for them has known for decades that my uncle was not their father. My aunt and uncle have been living the massive lie for so long and it's starting to affect their lives. My uncle has also been a very successful businessman, has developed a drinking pill problem and desperately needs therapy. I think it's all due to the guilt he feels now that the children he raised are full-grown adults and knowing that one day they will find out the truth. He has been a wonderful and devoted father. His children love him very much. much. My three cousins have family by blood that desperately want to be in their lives but now have been forced to keep their distance. The oldest of the three would inherit the land in Italy from his real grandfather that is still living. My family is very small. The family my cousins would find out about is much larger and diverse. They have a completely different cultural heritage that they may never know about. Golly. <laughs> I was like, this seems pretty normal until it gets to, like, they're going to inherit some land in Italy and their dad has a <laughs> pill and drinking problem. <laughs> and it's like, golly. <laughs> that That's escalated so quick. Adopted. That escalated so quickly. <laughs> I don't know it's weird you're adopted but hey it's still adopted by your family that's a, that's a odd situation i mean it's not odd it's practical 
but it's like why are they not telling them what, what is do they hate that other part of their family yeah it's that is super weird i think i think it's just one of those conversations that you mean to have and then it kind of gets to a point where you feel like it's too late because they're adults now and then now there's just the fear of like man like this could really go bad you know because yeah. <clears throat> i think it was just a I think the premise of it was just waiting too long to to feel comfortable in doing it, you know, because I think a lot of a lot of adoptive families, they try to have that conversation when the kids are younger. So they grow up knowing, OK, like these aren't my biological parents, but they're still mom and dad. You know, now it's going to be awkward. <laughs> yeah. And I think, you know, I think that conversation is going to be awkward regardless, you know, whether I think, you know, if you have it. As a younger kid, I think it's uncomfortable, and then you just kind of forget about it every time, you know, or it just becomes normal. Yeah. Whereas as an adult, <clears throat> you know, you process things so much differently, and you really have gone all of your life, like, oblivious. You know, and I think that's the big thing there. But, I mean, one, like, that, regardless of how you feel about it, that needs to be outed. Like, regardless yeah, of how you sure. feel about it, like, especially when it comes into, like, <clears throat> This guy is so eaten up about it. He's like turned to like narcotics, you know. And then there, there's some future things that are coming into play, like getting to know their extended family and inheriting property and things like that. Like that conversation has to happen. And I think, you know, if they love them, like if both of these parties love each other, there there just needs to be a conversation and sensitivity there. Like, hey, like I'm so sorry I didn't tell you this earlier. Like please forgive me kind of deal. Like, you know, we love you. And then proceeding with trying to reconcile and, you know, and, and bring, you know, some kind of harmony to the relationship and then going forward from there. Like, I think the fact that this guy let it get to the point of, he would rather have turned to pills and alcohol before communicating to these kids. Like that's pretty messed up, you know, like that was, yeah. that was not the route to take, but you know, whoever posted this, I think can play a part, you know, in having that communication, but doing things in grace, like doing things lovingly and not like abrasive. Cause you know, things could go really well and things could also go really bad. Like you don't want it to get to a point where it goes bad. Yeah. I mean, when it comes to adoption, uh, my aunt adopted five, four kids. Uh, so, I mean, I kind of saw some of their reactions when they were told. Mm -hmm. And I think the honest truth is if they're going to resent you, they're going to resent you, but it's not going to last forever. Yeah. Like ultimately, like if they're going to react that way initially it's going to happen, you have to work your way through it. But like you need to give them the time to process that. And it's a lot easier for them to process that when they're at a younger age because they don't start logically thinking about it as much. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, if you tell a grown adult that they're going to a think, why didn't you not tell me for all these years? And I think that just starts an overthinking cycle. Yeah. So. Yeah. And realistically, like we're only responsible for ourselves, you know, we're only responsible for ourselves and how we react to things. And so like, as that father, you know, because regardless of whether I'm biologically somebody's dad or not, like I raised them for 20 plus years, like I'm their dad, you know? And it's like, yeah. as their dad, man, I like, I'm obligated to like, tell them this, 
I'm obligated to communicate that to them and to do it in love, especially because there there are like external circumstances. You know, there's family that want to communicate, there's inheritance, there's property, so on and so forth. Now, what I don't have control over is how my kids react. You know, because like they could have an immediate resentment, they could come back to me, they could cut me out entirely, you know. But it's like yeah. As a father, I'm still like in good conscience, you know, cuz right now he's not in good conscience, right? He's turning to narcotics. Like in good conscience, I want to communicate the truth to them regardless of how it affects me. Because if I don't communicate something to them and because of the fear of how they'll respond, like I'm just being selfish, right? Like I'm not being loving. So I want to communicate things in love, be real, be honest, be transparent, regardless of what the consequence is. Because at the end of the day, like it was my fault for not being upfront to begin with, you know? So in that, like, yeah, I mean, play a part, have a communication, um, you know, have that communication of, you know, trying to get the ball rolling on that, but saying like, yeah, you know, that advice there is to have that conversation, be transparent, be real, like let them know now because better late than never, right? Especially with all the implications that that holds and then going from there. Yeah. And unless this is some type of like crazy lockdown situation, props to the extended family for respecting boundaries. Yeah. Because they could easily just contact them in today's day and age like through social media or something so I mean at least they're respecting the decision whether it's right or wrong it's just now it it does put that decision on more on one person's shoulders though. yeah and that is weird dude like the fact that they were like oh yeah like everybody but these kids have known for decades like what <laughs> I just why not just tell the kids and, you know, and that might be you know they mentioned like just cultural differences there that might just be like you know, an entirely separate culture. Cause they did say like there's land in Italy. So they're probably an Italian, you know, culture, which obviously like the way people, it's the mob. <laughs> <laughs> they've actually inherited the mafia. <laughs> <laughs> this is a great movie plot. Now. Yeah, dude, no doubt. <laughs> You've been raised your whole life, not knowing your heirs to the mafia. And <laughs> Yeah, it's time for you you're, to step You're up, adopted, but... and you're the sole heir to the mafia throne. <laughs> <laughs> you're the new mob boss. Ooh. All right, so I'm gonna go on a little bit of a a, a darker note here, a more solid. Um, what's the word? Solid. Awesome. Note, Thank you so, for that. But it's an important situation. <laughs> I wanted to prepare you. All right. So. Seeing my family die out has taken a toll on me. Nothing but numbness and depression weighs on me uh, in every time every time one of them passes. I lost my grandma in 2014, my aunt in 2017, and my other aunt and uncle this year. I was born in 95 and raised throughout my life by every single one of them. They were like extra mothers and fathers in my life, but now they are passing one by one, and seeing it in real time has taken a toll mm. on me. I have an aunt and uncle left both in their 60s and also my dad who turned 55 this year. It worries me so much that what I'm going to do when that day comes. I thought seeing all of them pass would get, or as I saw all of them pass, I would get used to it, but it hurts more and more each time. I just need advice on how to keep a level head and how to get through the emotions better. Yeah, that's tough. Um, the sad part is it doesn't get easier. I mean, like, especially if you have emotional ties to them. You know, I think the only way that passing gets easier is if, 
the the deaths are distant family members. You know, like oh yeah, like yeah. You know, my great aunt that I never met passed away. Well, there's not really an emotional tie there, but when it's like your aunt and your grandmother, your grandfather, your uncle, especially if you have a really tight knit family, you know that that's where it really gets hard. Um, I think the the only you know the only comfort in that is one like, and it, this is not isolated to your family, you know like this happens in every single family in existence, um, and everybody that came before us has had to deal with loss, you know, um, and as a believer like, man we have we have one comfort in knowing like if our if our family members are believers like man we will see them again. You know, like they're in paradise, they're yeah. in eternity, like they're rejoicing with the Father. You know, Paul says that that death is gain, and so we have to take that comfort and like, man, we we mourn and we're sorrowful for the loss that we have on earth, but man, they're seated or at the right hand of the Father, rejoicing. You know, and that's a comfort yeah. that we have as believers. And and man, if you don't have that comfort, like man, seek Jesus. You know, seek the cross, like seek what He's done for us, um, so you can have that comfort, so you can have that security. You know, so your family can have that security. Um, but with that being said, like, I I resonate with that kind of twofold, man. Like, I, I've i seen, so my grandmother passed away in 2012, and my grandfather passed away in 2021 or 2020. Um, I think it was November 2020 he passed because he, he got sick with COVID and passed away with COVID. And, like, those two deaths were really the first two deaths that I've experienced in my family. And they were the hardest because they were definitely, like, they were, like, the backbone of my they were my, dad, my dad's side of the family. <clears throat> and so they were the only grandparents I knew. And that was, like, and that was pretty pretty unbelievable once my grandfather passed because I just watched, like my aunts and my dad kind of like at each other's throats my cousins kind of like everybody just kind of falling apart because the backbone of my family just like had passed away you know the one that was holding everything together and then you start dealing with property and assets and things like that you know and kind of without going into much detail like you kind of start watching your family die out you know like your get togethers aren't as full anymore like they're not as prominent they're not as joyful they're not as happy because you know the grandparents were the ones that held that together and when you look at you know your grandfather is like the patriarch of the family you realize like at some point he was the grandbaby you know like he's had to watch his siblings die he's had to watch his parents die his grandparents like you know for the person that sent this in it's like it's it hasn't stopped and it won't stop. It's not going to stop until Jesus comes back, you know, and the one hope that we have in salvation is, you know, that the peace that our family members have and, and glory and in paradise. But, you know, other than that, it's just one of those things that we, we look at it being the circle of life, you know, and I think things get easier once you start having a family of your own, you know, once you get married, once you start having kids and it starts to continue but from what it sounds like, they're still, you know, they're they're actually a, a year younger than me. You know, I was born in '94, so they're now they're 27. I don't know how they how old they were when they made this post, um, 
but you know, they could still could still be single. And I think as a single person, watching everybody that helped raise you is pretty unbearable, you know. But it's just one of those things that well, time does heal all wounds. Yeah, yeah, it's true. We're also in a very different place societally than we were any other point in history. Like we're we're probably experiencing more death than we ever have like in our own lives, just because people are living longer because mm. you wouldn't have a hundred years ago might not have had a chance to know your grandparents. They probably, they might've died before you got to an age to actually have that relationship. So that's twofold. You get to rejoice in the fact that you actually get to have time with them, get to grow and get those precious years. But it's also hard because now you have all these close relationships and more get cut off. Um, and I mean, it was probably more on the flip side because there were more children deaths back mm. then. So it was equally as hard. It just was, it was just different, but you know, the Bible says you know, we, we leave our family and we cling to our, our wife. And that's not to say to abandon your family by any means. It just means that you're starting something new. So it may feel like the old is just completely gone but that's carrying through you through generations. The Hebrews or the, the Jews actually believe, um, especially historically and um, biblically, that um, before, you know, that they lived on through their children. That was the only way that their bloodline was carried on, that they lived on in their mindset, um, which this was before the time of, um, you know, the Messiah and all that. So, um, so it's very, um, you know, just be happy that you get to carry on their memories and don't let their stories die. Yes, yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, continue continue that legacy, continue, you know, making those important people in your lives proud um and not dwelling on the past. You know, like we uh we see that, you know, Jesus says the the man that puts his hand to the plow and looks back, you know, is no benefit for the kingdom. And he's he's talking about our past in that right like if we dwell in the past if we dwell on our mistakes if we dwell on these things like we're not being focused on the future we're not being kingdom minded we're not being focused on sharing the gospel making disciples and all of these things and i think i think that also really ties into you know family members and experiences and people that have taken care of us like we we can't dwell on that you know because when we dwell on that it prevents us from moving toward and moving for the future and so being 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 really knowledgeable of like okay and I, it's okay to mourn. It's okay to feel sorrow. It's even okay to feel like that fear, you know, of like, man, like I really don't want to lose any more family members. Right. Like, cause that's natural. It's yeah. normal. You know, like we're not definitely not trying to invalidate those emotions, but also cultivating and encouraging like, man, it's going to happen. Like one, are you prepared for death? Like, are your family members prepared for death? Like, what is like? What's your what are your thoughts on the afterlife? Like, what are your thoughts on death? What what's held after death? Like, start having those questions now, because man, like, I I can't imagine outside of being a believer, like outside of being a Christian, I can't imagine trying to fathom death. I can't imagine trying to fathom losing a family member or losing my life, right? And so. I think even outside of that fear and that worry, man, think about what, what, what's held, you know, think about what's there 
what's what's coming in the future. So that's true. Well, I don't want to end on this note, so I have <laughs> one more for us. Um, so parents won't let me, a sixteen-year-old, sleep alone in my own room. I'm 16 and my parents wouldn't let me sleep in my own room. They told me they're going to sleep with me until I get a girlfriend and stuff. There are other things they do that tick me off, like walking me to school, even though it's five minutes away and not letting me hang out with friends. I tried to tell them that they should let me sleep alone now because I'm I'm too old. And they just say, why do I want to have my own room and threaten to take my phone away and stuff like that. And they even said they're going to take my PS4 and TV away if I'm going to sleep alone. And the one time I was alone in my room just watching YouTube and they opened the door wide open and um, and told me to sleep. I was sleepy, so I went and turned off the light. Um, but they um, they said I have to sleep with the light on and not close the door. Sometimes I would sleep in the room by myself and would close the door, but they would come open it, open it wide and turn the light on. And any advice on how I can convince them to give me any privacy? Bro, what the heck? <laughs> I don't even know. I can't even believe this, but it's that crazy. Like, I mean, I can, I can believe it. There's some, I don't want to use the term crazy. There's some interesting people. Nah, dude, that's crazy. Um, (laughs) I'm going to tell you that to your face. (laughs) Like it's beyond mom, dad, you are being crazy right now, dude. Like, I don't understand why they want to sleep in. The it's like a horror a movie. It's like, 16. it's like a thriller. I, I had the same vibe. It's like yeah. a thriller. Like it, this, this kid needs to run. It's like I'm watching a nightmare unfold. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Like the biggest question behind that is why, you know, like, why did they give him some type of reason? Did they give him some type of communication of like, why we're doing this? You know, aside from because I said so, <laughs> you know, like it. I don't understand why does he have to sleep with the lights on? In yeah, his room? It just, I don't know, dude. Like that. That is so weird. You know, I think because like that definitely is that screams to like some I don't know, just some mental stuff. You know that your parents have going a... on because it's like there's like a mental regression there. Because you're seeing you're seeing symptoms of like okay yeah like your kid is afraid of the dark. Your kid doesn't want to sleep alone. Okay. Well sleep with us. We'll turn the night. We'll turn the light on. Like we'll keep the door open and so on and so forth. But it's totally flipped, right? It's like, no, like you're going to sleep with us. You can't sleep by yourself. Like you're going to sleep with your light on. You're going to do this. It's just like the opposite, you know, it's like inception right now. Like my mind is, is cooking from the inside out. (laughs) This is definitely a Jordan Peele movie, right? <laughs> like it has to be. <laughs> oh my gosh! Uh, yeah, this one's called "Don't Go to Sleep." I, I, <laughs> I wouldn't be able to sleep. I I would be terrified. I I mean, I guess if you knew it was your parents and you knew them their whole life, I'd still be terrified. Yeah, I mean, like, dude, never that. have I ever heard of anything like this. You know. Oh yeah, we're gonna punish you because you didn't leave your door open and your lights on and you didn't sleep with us. Like I, don't... the thing that gets me is the lights. I don't understand that. Like I could, on an extreme case, that's still terrible. Understand the door open thing, like because some parents are crazy like that. But why do they have to sleep in the bed with you? 
I just three three people to a bed is cramped to begin with. <laughs> no matter how yeah, weird it I is. like I don't know. Like I still am. I'm having a lot of difficulty believing the like validity in this because it's just like I don't. I don't. I think it might be false, <laughs> but why would someone like write this? Yeah, it's like you got something wrong in your I, brain I now. <laughs> I didn't check it fat for factual factuality. I just this had so much shock value that I needed to like just talk this out with you. Yeah, I mean, because realistically, it's like no evidence we could give or not evidence, but no advice we could give could remedy that until you were able to move out on your own. You know? Contact child protective services. Yeah, like call CPS. <laughs> like call that's, call that's a that's priest. <laughs> like something. Like call Oprah Winfrey. Holy call call somebody. Get me on Dr. Phil. Um, like let me let oh, me get man. on some talk show or seek some kind of psychiatric help because the, Dude, vibes, the vibes are not immaculate right now. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> the vibes are very uncomfy. Spooky vibes. I should have saved this for October. Oh, my gosh. Like, like, Dude. Uh, yeah, that is wild. Because it's like, you know, the only thing that you re- really can do is either to submit to that authority and just, like, live your like live your life to where it's like, you know, as long as there's not, like, any abuse happening, you know, because... This seems like a really, this seems like a, no, I'm saying like, this seems like a really sketchy situation. And so I was like, as long as there's no abuse happening, right? So it's like, if there's some things that they haven't divulged in the midst of this, in the midst of this like scenario, I would say, man, like if you are like, you're 16, you got a year or two until you can move out. Realistically, like in some States you can move out now, you know, if you're able to get a job and continue to do job school move in with a friend or find an apartment you know or something like that like that would really be the only way that you could get out of that you know or just taking the next year or two and being like all right like i just gotta take this l you know and like be submit imagine how sleep deprived they are sleeping with lights on every night well i mean but see maybe not because if that's all they've known like I think you'd get used to sleeping with the lights on. <laughs> they have no circadian rhythm. Like, it's, <laughs> it's so weird, you know. Well, I think also when they communicated, yeah, like sometimes I've fallen asleep just on my own and end up being waking up by them and so on and so forth. And it's like, there's just no chill there. You know, like what? I have, like, I have questions for their, I have questions for their parents. You know, it's like, what? Like who hurt you? You know, like what happened? Yeah. What happened to the point to where you really have to do this for your child? You know, and I think, I think there's some trauma, and and one of those parents that has led for them to feel like Deep. they have to protect their child by doing this. Like I, because I like you know when you think of parents being crazy, you see parents doing stuff that's like kind of insane to us. But their rationalization of it is because they want to protect their kid. You know, there's always there's always some sort of like, well, I'm protecting my child by doing this. And so I think there's something that happened previously in one of those parents' lives to where it's like maybe they wanted to sleep in the bed of their parents. Maybe they wanted to have the light on and they wanted to have a door open, but their parents disciplined them in a way that they weren't allowed to have that. Right. And so 
when they get when they're like oh well now that I'm older like I'm not going to be that parent like I'm not going to make my my child suffer in the way that I did but in doing that they went to some sort of extreme and it's like well no like you have to sleep with us like you have to have your door open you have to have your light on because we're going to keep you safe we're going to keep you comfortable and we're going to protect you right but in them trying to protect they're actually not protecting at all and they're acting really really crazy That's true. you know Oh, accidentally started playing the episode. <laughs> uh, I was preparing for something, but no, you're um, you're a hundred percent right. Um, I was I was just getting it ready because I promised to shout out anyone who gave us a comment. So, um, I don't know how to get to where I'm supposed to be. <laughs> I ruined the vibe of the episode. <laughs> um, okay. Anyway, I, I I don't know exactly what they said. I think it's someone you know. Uh, but bearded rut is their name okay, on the podcast. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Um, they they said that they have enjoyed the episodes and it's great to listen to and they've enjoyed the advice uh, so far. Awesome! So Shout out, out to you, um, bearded rut. If you want to remain <laughs> anonymous, but I know who you are, and so you can let me know if you're cool with saying your real name, your government name that your parents gave you, uh, and we'll be sure to do it again next episode. Yep, and make sure to um, leave us a five-star review on any platform, and if you are able to leave a comment there, leave it, and we'll shout you out on the next episode if we um, see it between now and then. And, you know, make sure that you listen to these episodes. Um, share it. Word of mouth is very important. People overlook that. So tell your friends about it if you enjoy it because your your word matters. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Share with your friends. Give us a five-star. Follow, like, and subscribe on YouTube to small world. Um, and yeah, I mean, I've had tons of people say, I'm going to, you know, throw in a comment for advice or so on and so forth, but I still haven't seen it random citizens. And so make sure that you guys take the time, take a few seconds to do that. I know things seem a lot more tedious when we think about doing them, but they're so much easier when we do. So go ahead and prove yourself wrong. Go ahead and click the five star, leave a comment throw some advice in um, or some questions in and we'll be sure to, to get back to you guys. Yeah. Yeah. And if you're thinking about leaving a three star, just don't do anything. You don't need to waste the effort. Yeah, dude, if you're going <laughs> to click a button, man, you might as well just go a little bit further to the right. Cause you know, you love us. It's not, it's not <laughs> difficult. <laughs> uh, no, we take all honest and genuine feedback. All right. Well, I hope y'all have a great week, and we will see you next time on the see Small World Podcast. Small Talk Ooh, Podcast. Caught himself. Part of the Small World <laughs> Media. I'm sorry. Recorded the other episode two days ago. Bye, y'all. All right, guys.